If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew 26. Um, this, in the timeline of the last week of Jesus' life, this happens either on Wednesday or Thursday. There's some disagreement in the, um, the biblical study community whether it was Wednesday or Thursday. I'm going to go with the traditional day of Thursday. So um, on this day, so Jesus had come in on Palm Sunday, right? Everybody had been like, you're the king, you're the king. And then he goes in and he, he clears out the temple and they're like, what? And then Tuesday, he has all these arguments with, with uh, the Jewish leaders. They're like, what do you think about this? And he's like, I think you're wrong. And they're like, what about paying taxes? And he said, give to Caesar what's Caesar, give to God's what's God's. And they're like, we wanted to keep everything. And they're like, no. You know, so they have all these conflicts, right? Goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Wednesday, Jesus takes a break and he goes and rests with friends. And then Thursday comes. And somewhere between Wednesday and Thursday, Judas goes to the chief priest. The chief priests who earlier had recognized Jesus was becoming more popular, right? These people were flocking to Jesus. He fed five thousand with some food. Never mind. Um, and they were, everybody was filled. Yeah, little boy's lunch. We'll just keep going. Uh, and, and all these people were amazed. He was healing people. He was bringing people back from the dead. And they were like, this guy's the Messiah. Messiah means anointed one, but it was shorthand also for the king. And um, Caesar, though, was sort of in charge, and Caesar doesn't like other people thinking they're the king, right? Because as Mel Brooks said, never mind, it's good to be king. Um, so, so they saw this happening in the, the Sanhedrin, the, the leaders of the Jewish, um, the Jewish temple, the, Caiaphas was the high priest, and, and he, he said, you know what, it is better for one man to die than for the whole nation to perish, to be destroyed. And so they decided they wanted to kill Jesus. They had everything they needed in place except for a convenient time and an entry point. And along comes Judas. And so in verse 15, he goes and he says, how much will you give me to betray Jesus to you? And they give him 30 pieces of silver, which if you look that up, you can find the Old Testament references to that. And then in verse 16, verse 16, verse, there we go. From then on, Judas was paying attention to when he could hand Jesus over. And, and so what happens between this and the and 31st verse is they go and have the Last Supper, right? It's Maundy Thursday is, is the way we celebrate this. It's Passover. It's a, a celebration of Israel's freedom from slavery and how God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. But it's become this sort of metaphor of God delivering his people and making sure that we're all okay. Is anybody in need of being okay in a way that you're not okay today? Yeah. And so this idea, this, this celebration, and so they have this dinner, and in the midst of the dinner, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, and Judas is like, what? He's like, yeah. But after the dinner is over, Judas has headed out to go and tell the chief priest what's up. And Jesus says, tonight you're all going to fall away. Now, he's talking to his closest disciples, and the Greek word for disciple is methetes, and methetes literally means to follow. Now, if you are following somebody, 
and you fall away from following them, are you any longer following them? Now, please understand, following isn't like clicking a button on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. I'm following you on Facebook, right? That's not what this is talking about. There was a proverb and, and a saying, may your feet be covered with the dust of your rabbi as you walk with him. The idea is you're following so close that the dust that your rabbi would kick up off of the ground would rest on your feet, that you're following your teacher that closely, right? And so, so, so Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, you're all going to fall away. Strike the shepherd, and everybody leaves. What did Peter say? No. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. So this, this last week, we have a shortage in our, our, our staffing of our early learning, and so I filled in for a class part of the day, and, and these two little girls were arguing because one of them said, I want to grow up to be Elsa, and the other one said, you can't. And so... Pastor Kurt, she said, I can't grow up to be Elsa. And I said, is she in charge of your future? No. Okay, then let it go. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) No, I didn't. I just said it and giggled to myself. So, so anyway, um, so, but, but, but the, she can't because her hair's the wrong color. And I looked at her, I said, honey, both y'all are going to have white hair someday if you continue. Um, Probably not the best one to be in with the children. <laughs> and so, so, but they started going back and forth. Uh, yes, I can. No, you can't. Uh-huh. Nah, uh-huh. And I, I hear this part with Peter almost like that. Like, nah, nah. Jesus said, you're going to fall away. Nah, not going to do it. Nah. Even if everybody else falls away, I won't. Right? Have you ever promised more than your body can deliver? More than your mind can deliver? More than your sanity can deliver? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they asked if I could fill in another day, and I said yes, and inside I said no! Um, but no, it was good, it was good. Um, even if I'll fall away, I won't fall away. I'm going to be right here with you. And Jesus replies, not only are you going to fall away, but before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me how many times? Three times, you're going to deny me. Three times. And Peter's response, uh-uh! Even if I have to die, I will never disown you. So we, we know how the story goes. Jesus gets arrested and um, all the disciples fall away, except for Peter. Peter, who said, I won't fall away, follows. He follows him to the place where Jesus' trial happens. Hmm. And once he gets there, he sits and waits. And Jesus is on trial, and the Sanhedrin brought in all these witnesses, and none of them agreed, and Peter could have stopped the trial by coming in and saying, I followed him for three years, and what you're saying isn't correct. What he said was this, and this is what he meant, and you know it. And Peter was called the rock upon which Jesus would build his church. And here he is sitting silent as a stone. 
And then a young teenage girl comes up to him and says, you look like one of the guys who was hanging out with Jesus. Aren't you one of his disciples? One of his mathetes? One of the people who follow him? And Peter says, uh-oh. And somebody else said, uh-huh. And he said, uh-oh. And somebody else said, uh-huh. And he said, no. And in Luke's gospel, <laughs> that's not how we talk to our parents, though. <laughs> I apologize if I'm causing problems. In Luke's gospel, it says Jesus looked out at that moment and looked at Peter. Oh. And Peter was cut to the core with his guilt. And he went out and wept as he heard the rooster crow. As we continue through this, this story and this conversation, I want to lift up a passage out of John's gospel. John chapter 1, verse 14. Everybody say John 1, 14. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Jesus appeared among us, and he was full of grace and truth. And while it might not seem all that gracious to say, you're going to betray me and you're going to deny me, Note what else was going on in the midst of that. Though Jesus told them, you're going to betray me and you're going to deny me, there's some other stuff going on, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But even in the midst of Peter disowning and denying, the truth of the moment is met with the grace. The truth is met with grace. The truth is met with grace. Over and over and over again.